Ranger Files, episode 43. There's a lot of exciting things going on in the Bigfoot world, and one of those things is we have expanded our show to the Anchor platform, and we are very excited to be here. We actually started in the last episode, episode 42, and now we are on Anchor, and Anchor helps the show reach more audiences in the Apple Podcasts and the Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many, many more. We hope to grow our audience, and we are able to continue to bring you the latest Bigfoot reports from around the country, and that's possible through our audience, you guys out there, so thanks for listening. Okay, moving on to some random thoughts. I just want to talk about this for a little bit. Finding Bigfoot is returning with a two-hour special, two-hour episode, and it's only going to be available on the Discovery Plus app, which is around $5 a month with commercials and $7 a month with no ads. So I'm excited for the return of Finding Bigfoot, and here's the reasons why. I have a lot of people in in my Bigfoot circles, Bigfoot friends, And I hear a lot of comments like, um, the show should be called Not Finding Bigfoot, and, you know, they kind of take cracks at the Finding Bigfoot team. And that's all fine and good, but I actually appreciate the show from the viewpoint that because they're not always finding Bigfoot or signs or just always hearing, you know, sounds, vocalizations every episode, I know it's not forced. I know the producers aren't interrupting they're not um, getting in there and like forcing it and saying, you know, we need to do this and this and this to make the show more interesting and we need to kind of force some things. 
so the audience, you know, we don't they don't lose the audience. I like that. They're legitimately going out there trying to find signs for Bigfoot, and I love how I love the format of the show. I love how they show maps and where they're at. I love the town hall meetings. I love the way they approach it and do it. Um, yeah, they do a lot of, uh, I don't know if edgy is the right word, but they do a lot of um, different techniques that are kind of out there and sometimes just outright weird with, like, you know, what they do, um, you know, bringing in rock singers to sing. And uh, One time they did something that I thought about for a long time. They brought in an opera singer to sing, do vocalizations, vocalize. They've done a lot of weird stuff, played the guitar with... Uh, the Boy Scouts or Girl Scouts, can't remember which one. Done a lot of different things. Uh, some of them are more, you know, out there than, than others, but they are getting out there and trying different things and seeing what works. So I do like that, and I like it that something doesn't happen every episode because there are TV shows out there that you can just tell it's fake. They're forcing, like, that they saw something, uh, they found something. It's just fake. I don't like that. So, I do appreciate that about finding Bigfoot. Like, when they do hear a vocalization or when they find a track or whatever, it's it's legitimate. They're not forcing it and making it up. I think a long time ago on some behind-the-scenes show, I think the first season, uh, the producers uh, tried to sneak something in. And the cast, they were not happy about it. So I appreciate that, that they're really trying to find signs legitimately, not forcing stuff through the show. So uh, let's talk about Expedition Bigfoot. This is also on the Discovery Plus app. They actually put out two episodes uh, on this uh, the Discovery channel, I guess. I can't remember what channel it's on. You guys can write in to me and tell me. But they did put out two episodes already. I watched both episodes. And then after the two episodes, now they're going to the Discovery Plus app. And so it's the same thing. You have to pay the $5 a month with commercials or $7 a month with no commercials. And they're forcing you to get that app. So they're kind of um, taking advantage of the audience there if, if they want to continue watching. Now I'll say a few things I like about Expedition Bigfoot. I really like all the different technology they're using because uh, they're they've been out the last couple of years um, you know after finding Bigfoot you know went off air they're using some more uh, up-to-date technology and I really like the uh, variation of technology they're using and so I thought that was really cool and I loved the show in the first season I was loving the show and um, I was excited about the show but I'm not as excited about the show anymore because over the summer, this past summer, somebody out there on YouTube put out some YouTube videos and they were explaining that the crew and everybody, they stayed on a ranch. Now, they portrayed it that they were out in Oregon somewhere, some, you know, spot like really isolated using their algorithm. But on this YouTube video, it explained it and it even showed it on a Google Earth map or something on the YouTube video where they were staying. It's some ranch and the ranch had these trails, you know, they could drive on the side-by-sides and they had trails and and uh, they had the cemetery, I guess, pulled up on the Google Earth maps that they found, this so-called cemetery that was out in the middle of nowhere. And uh, they were, you know, staying in cabins and on the show they're portraying that they're staying in tents and things like that. And, you know, I just... 
I think they misled us. They did mislead us on that show. So I stopped uh, not liking that show as much because of that. And I still watched those first two episodes of season two. I just kind of wanted to see what happened in the first episodes, uh, what location they were going to because of this so-called algorithm they're using. I'm not so sure there is an algorithm that they're using that that says, oh, Bigfoot's most likely to be spotted here. I'm, I'm not buying that stuff anymore. I'm not, I'm not uh, believing it. Uh, I still have some co-workers and, and friends who are totally into Bigfoot, and they're watching shows, and they come up to me and start talking about Expedition Bigfoot and how much they love it. And uh, just this past week, I explained to somebody, hey, well, they kind of debunked, you know, what they're doing. They're, they were actually out on a ranch, and some of that stuff was staged and forced, and and I didn't really like that. So, so um, if anybody, I can't remember. I I tried to find uh, before this episode. Tried to go back and find on YouTube some video where that that person explained what location they were at. I think the state was Idaho or or Montana, maybe Utah. I think it was Idaho, uh, but I could be wrong about that. If there's a listener out there that could write into the show and tell me and tell everybody else, you know, maybe what the YouTube channel's called and maybe send us a link or something, that would be great explaining uh, the video that shows where they were at on season one of Expedition Bigfoot. So uh, on my vote, I vote for Finding Bigfoot over Expedition Bigfoot, even though I liked um, Expedition Bigfoot's newer technology because they came out after Finding Bigfoot. Alright, well, let's move on from that. Let's go to some listener comments from the previous episode. I always love hearing from our audience, and like I said, it's growing because of this Anchor platform, and so yeah, if you want to write into the show, you can do that by emailing me at squatchranger at gmail.com. You can go to the Squatch Ranger Facebook page. We do have a Facebook page. And you can write a comment there, or you can maybe try to find us on YouTube, Squatch Ranger, and send in some comments there. So we hear from E.B. He writes, Great reports. I can't believe I lived in Claremore, Oklahoma, Rogers County, from 1992 through 1996, and never realized all the sighting reports and activity around Oolagaw Lake, just north of town. That was before I got back into squatching, though. Thanks, E.B. Okay, we also got a great comment from the Hoax Hunters. So let's hear what they had to say about last episode. They write, I totally agree to using Bigfoot as the plural. We have tried spreading that to our listeners as well. As far as this Bigfoot hunting bill in Oklahoma, I read, after that hit the news, that it is for trapping only, not shooting or killing. And that is correct. I explained that on the previous episode. Yeah, guys, don't get confused. Uh, This hunting bill is for trapping a Bigfoot, bringing it in in for a $25,000 bounty, not to shoot and kill a Bigfoot, but to trap one. All right, so we definitely appreciate our listeners and our audience. Please write into the show. Tell us something you liked about this episode or... Maybe something that you heard in the reports that you found interesting or you can relate to. Love to hear from our audience. Also, 
If you've had your own encounter with a Bigfoot, it could be a Class A, you saw a Bigfoot, Class B, you know, there was clues you found leading up to you thinking it was a Bigfoot, tracks, vocalizations, or if you've heard a report from a friend and they are maybe kind of not wanting to come forward with their encounter, but maybe they gave you the go-ahead to report it to us, uh, you could do a Class C report as a third party. So please, share your Bigfoot encounter story with us. Email squatchranger at gmail.com. Alright guys, let's dive into the reports, and here is Squatch Ranger Files, episode 43. Number 1. Bigfoot Chases Two Brothers on Native Land. 1997, Southeast District, Seminole County, Oklahoma. Class A, Daytime Sighting. My brother and I were kids at the time. We owned property in a place called Wewoka, Oklahoma. We were picking blackberries on the property so our grandma could make blackberry pies. We turn around to go to the next bush, and out of nowhere, there is something standing seven and a half to eight feet tall, long, very straight hair from the top of it to the bottom of it. I saw no face. Nothing. I first thought it was the back of a house I was looking at, but realized there was nothing but long hair and way too tall. My brother and I ran for our lives back to Grandma's house. My brother's jacket got caught on the barbed wire fence when I was already far ahead of him. That's when I realized he wasn't with me. I turned around to see this thing what I thought trying to help my brother off the fence. Approaching him, and it looked like it grabbed him. My brother slipped out of his jacket and started running towards me and caught up to me by the spring. We crossed and ran the rest of the way home. Got my dad. My dad got the dogs and the gun, and we went back right then. My brother's jacket was gone altogether and there were bunches of hair on the barbed wire. Some of the hair was 13 inches long. My dad told my brother to give him one of the Ziploc bags to him to put the hair in. He bagged it and sent it to a lab, and they said they had no idea what it was because there's no record of that anywhere. This was in 1997. They ruled out horse, boar, cattle, canine, no bear, and no deer. I still think about this all the time, and now my part of Oklahoma where I grew up is a hot spot for Bigfoot sightings. At the time, it was unheard of. Follow up, NOBRO investigators report. I spoke with the witness via the internet, and he was willing to provide the following additional information. I remember as a kid, my grandma telling me that they were playing as kids on the very same property and seeing someone following them by the spring we have. They ran home, went back with their uncle, and all they saw were good prints where the thing was running. No human footprints or anything like that. And it was running on the bank, so it should have had shoe footprints of some sort. And when I was a child, we always heard things in our woods, but we grew up there, 
so we didn't think much of it because we were used to it. Now, I think it would be a very different story. The one we saw had long, straight, copper-colored hair, almost like a new penny, and the hair was very shiny. It was not aggressive or anything at all. It didn't move or make sudden movements, it just walked casual. The thing that was most scary to me was how my brother and I heard nothing. We turn around and it's just standing there. In 97 I was 10 years old and I have no recollection of anything Bigfoot at the time. And I believe maybe that's why for a long time I had no idea what it even was. I believe once the sighting started going crazy is when we put two and two together and realized that's what we had seen. Whatever I had seen was huge, and I was scared of the incident. Not scared of the creature itself. The creature showed zero aggression, actually. We were picking blackberries for my grandmother to make pies. It was my younger brother and I. We were the only witnesses. I saw a seven and a half to eight foot creature with copper reddish hair, long, straight strands from the top of it to the bottom of it. I never saw a face. I wasn't sure if I was looking at its back or front. I just saw something standing there, and I could see the hair moving gently from the wind. We heard nothing approach or any noise at all. We were just picking blackberries from a bush, turned around and it was just there doing nothing at all just standing there. The encounter terrified us, and we just ran, instinctively. No, this was no bear. This creature stood close to 8 feet tall, walked like a humanoid, and had 13-inch copper-colored hair. Straight hair. Lab tests also proved it was not a bear. This was on sacred land. If I can get access to the hair that we gathered, then I'd like to provide it. The creature we saw was around seven and a half feet tall, long copper reddish hair all over its body. I saw no face, wasn't sure if it was standing backwards or if the hair was just hanging all in front of its face or something. The creature appeared to be close to 800 pounds. The outline of it was solid and very sturdy looking. I felt it could probably tear a limb completely from my body with little effort. The creature was just standing there, made no noises, made no movements. The only thing I remember very distinctively is the hair blowing slightly in the wind. I never heard any type of noise from the creature. I was actually terrified, but the creature did nothing to scare me, or nothing to make me feel as though it wanted to harm us. I was just terrified of the whole situation. This case is now closed. Number 2. The following report comes from the Red Dirt Cryptids investigation team, Bigfoot Sightings Database. Bigfoot walks in between two cars on Southern Kansas Highway. October 2014. Class A Nighttime Sighting. Cowley County, Kansas. The primary eyewitness and his family were driving south on a country blacktop road in the dark. In the distance, they could see another car coming towards them. When they got to about a distance of 100 yards apart, the eyewitness and his son, who was in the passenger seat, saw an upright large creature crossing the road in between the two cars from west to east. 
the eyewitness immediately began to slow down his vehicle, and as he did, they passed the area they had seen the creature cross. Their son saw it again, much closer, but very briefly. The son described a large bipedal creature, walking very fast towards the bar ditch, which was extremely wooded and deep. The eyewitness found a place to turn their vehicle around. While doing this, they had the ability to shine their headlights into the field they believed the creature crossed into. They found nothing and saw nothing. However, they did notice that the car that was opposite to them was hitting their brakes a lot and driving very slow. The people in the other car were obviously hesitating, perhaps confused about what they had seen? The eyewitnesses came back the next day in order to look for tracks or some kind of sign. They were unable to find anything. We believe that they were perhaps eating the corn in the cornfield to the west. This case is now closed.